Welcome to Break Free from Binge Eating with me, Victoria. I'm so happy that you're here. If we haven't met yet, I just want you to know that I get you because I was you. I was stuck in the diet binge cycle and hating my body for over 20 years. I've overcome anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, and I'm a domestic abuse survivor. Now that I'm free and happy from the inside out, I've dedicated my whole life to help other women feel the same. In this podcast, we're going to cover food and body freedom, self-love and personal development. And if you implement what you learn, you will be well on your way to healing your relationship with food and your body so that you can fall in love with yourself and your life. Ready? Let's go. Hi queens, welcome to another episode of Break Free From Binge Eating with me, Victoria. I have been asked to talk about set point weight, so I have more than happily done an episode specifically for this. So the title of this is How to Find Your Set Point Weight. And before I go into how we find our set point weight, I just want to go into the fear that we feel the fear of giving up control. So let's first address the elephant in the room. (laughs) Giving up dieting is scary. Let's not pretend it isn't. We immediately think that the moment we give up all aspects of control, we're going to eat copious amounts of chocolate forever. I use chocolate because that used to be my trigger food, but insert blank food, whatever your quote trigger foods are now, we think that we're going to eat copious amounts of whatever forever, get fatter and fatter and either pop like, was it Bullery? What's that um, girl's name from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Violet Bullery God, something like that, where she pops because she eats something and then she pops. Yeah. Either way, we either think we're going to do something like that or die alone, basically. It's that dramatic. That's what our unconscious is thinking when we even consider giving up dieting. And first and foremost, I want to just let you know that I get it. I really understand how you feel because I've been there. I mean, everyone is different. I would never understand exactly how you feel but I sure as hell can deeply relate because I've been in the diet binge cycle for many, many years. We're so used to structure, control, routine, and wanting something or someone outside of ourselves to tell us what to do. So when we think about giving up dieting, it can send us into what feels like an anxiety shitstorm, basically. But the only way to build a relationship with your body, feel normal around food and to find your body's natural set point weight is to do the work that I teach. And just as like a bullet point list, this is the work that I teach. Give up dieting, give up weighing yourself and weighing your food, unlearn all of your conditioning through society and your upbringing about how you feel towards your body and foods, good and bad foods, for example. Release limiting beliefs and embody empowering ones. Practice intuitive eating. 
Explore new ways to comfort yourself alongside food. Expand your capacity to experience pleasure and abundance. Lots of body image work, lots of self-love work and taking daily action as the free self-loving version of you. When you devote yourself fully to that journey, your body will naturally find its set point weight. So before I go into how to find your set point weight, I want to talk about what does set point weight even mean? So your body's natural set point weight, this is the weight or size of your body, the way it naturally wants to be. And by the way, when I use the word weight, I mean body size or body fat amounts because those of you that have followed me for a while, we don't weigh ourselves. So it's not about specifically a weight, but this is the term. This is what I'm talking about is set point weight. So when I say that, it's not necessarily the weight of the scale. It's your body size or the body fat percent that you have. Okay, so where was I? Your natural set point weight is the weight or size your body naturally wants to be, not what you want your body to be. Okay, so it's worth reminding yourself that your body actually wants to be healthy and your body wants to feel good. So if you get out of your own way and start trusting your body, you will experience a sense of freedom, ease and grace as you and your body become a team. I like to see it as imagine a tug of war rope. I'm sure most of you are familiar with tug of war. It's when you've got one team one side of the rope and one team the other side of the rope and they're pulling and whoever manages to pull the rope a certain distance wins. So I used to see myself, there was like two versions of me. One version of me that was pulling on one end of the rope was like, why can't you just be skinny and stay lean and why can't I just have more willpower to stick to diets and I want this and I need to look like this way and then I had the other side of the rope with the other version of me pulling against that version of me like why don't you just trust me you're not supposed to look like that everything would just be easy if you just let go of all the idealistic ways of looking and basically it was like a battle of my wills that's what it felt like to me. So when I started this journey, a vision came to me and I imagine like both of those versions of me on either end of the rope, pulling, pulling, pulling. And then I, I imagined the higher version of me, the better version of me, whatever that means to you, dropping the ropes. Then the other, the other version of me had nothing to pull against. And then they walked up to each other and just hugged each other and said, okay, let's let's work together, let's be friends. And then they held hands and skipped merrily into the distance and lived happily ever after at the end. Um, but seriously, if you imagine that, just a vision, two versions of you pulling on a rope, one of you drops the rope and just goes and hugs the other one and you become one and you become friends. That's what I teach. It's about becoming friends with your body and working as a team. And what happens is your set point weight naturally happens when you stop trying to control your weight. When you learn how to practice tuning into your body and following its guidance on what and how much to eat. And listen to this quote. I love this. I believe it was from me. 
You will start craving exercise and salad when you stop making them feel like punishment. I'm just going to say that again. You will start craving exercise and salad when you stop making them feel like punishment. Because FYI, your body is the wisest creation in the universe. It knows what it's doing, even though we've been taught since birth that we cannot trust our own appetite. So here's an analogy I want to share with you. Your body, your brain, has a built-in thermostat. So your brain has a built-in regulator that regulates how much body fat you have. It's helpful to see it as a thermostat in a room. So imagine a, a thermostat that's connected to the heating and the air conditioning system. So you've got this temperature set, let's say 20 degrees Celsius. When the room gets colder than the set temperature, the heater kicks in to take the temperature back up to the 20 degrees. When the room gets warmer, the aircon kicks in to bring it back down to 20 degrees. This is what the regulator does in your brain with the amount of body fat that you have. Your natural set point weight is entirely based on your genetics and your dieting history. I'm going to say that again because that's really key. Your natural set point weight is entirely based on your genetics and your dieting history. Your brain will do everything it can to keep your body fat at a certain level, whatever that is right for for you. And what happens when you diet is when you go on a diet and you're fighting against your own biology, even if you muster up enough willpower and you can't see me because I'm not recording this podcast as a video today, I'm doing the word willpower in air quotes. Um, if you muster up enough willpower to ignore your body's hunger signals for a long period of time, biology will always eventually win. Because it's not only just about the hunger either. When your body sends signals to the part of your brain that regulates your body fat and says to it, hey, we're losing fat cells over here, your brain will then respond to that information and your brain will make biological changes. So it will change your hormones and the way your body works and sends you signals so that you are driven to eat. And the more you ignore that drive to eat, the more your biology will drive you to eat high fat, high sugar foods. Is this helping you to make a little bit more sense of your behavior now, the diet binge cycle behavior that you're most likely in if you're listening to this? Because what actually happens is your leptin levels decrease and leptin levels, these are hormones and these are your satiety hormones, the feeling of feeling satisfied with how much you've eaten. And your ghrelin levels increase. These ghrelin levels are hunger hormones. So they increase. And because your biology only cares about your survival, it hasn't adapted to our modern way of living with an abundance of food available at our fingertips. It will overcompensate for the fat loss. It will think that you are experiencing a famine. And so in order to protect your survival, it will do these two things. Number one, 
drive you to go and find food now, especially high-fat, high-sugar food, because that will fill your fat stores back easily and quickly. And then number two, when you do eat, it will store more fat than you had before in order to protect you from the next famine. It also drives weight regain for up to one year after a period of restriction or dieting. I mean, if this helps, just go back a few minutes and listen to what I've just shared with you again. So can you see now why dieting is the best way to gain weight over time? It's really shitty news, I know. (laughs) And trust me, I didn't want to believe that. For many years, when I kind of started researching why can't I stick to a diet and why why can I not have as much willpower as I used to have blah 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 and when I started to find out the truth I didn't want to believe it and you might be in that position now and that's okay you know I'm not saying I am the knowledge and power of all things in this realm of what I teach I'm sharing with you the truths that I believe to be true. I've done a lot of research around this for many years now. And the most important thing is the results that myself and my clients have in real life from following my teachings. So I speak from experience as well. And the only way to break this cycle of yo-yo dieting is to show your body that it can trust that there is always enough food around. This includes how you think. Listen to this because this is really mind-blowing, extremely powerful and it's the truth. If you're constantly thinking that you need to restrict, even if you don't actually physically restrict, your biology will still react in exactly the same way as if you were physically restricting. And again, this is to protect you from an upcoming famine. Only when your body knows that there will always be enough food available and there is no threat of an impending restriction, a future restriction, will your body stop overcompensating by driving you to eat and then storing extra fat reserves. And then it will effortlessly fall back to its natural set point weight. The problem here is we interfere all the time because we're also fat phobic. We are petrified of gaining weight or staying the same size because of what we make fat mean. And I get it, I've been there. Oh my gosh, have I been there. So therefore what we do is spend a lifetime trying to manipulate our bodies to look a certain way or to be a certain size and then we wonder why we can't do it. That's why what I teach is so crucial if you want to feel normal around food and effortlessly stay the same size, the same weight. A weight that you will be able to be happy with if you decide to embark on this food and body freedom journey with my support. Because when we're in the diet binge cycle, we don't like our bodies, we're constantly trying to change it, we can't even fathom how we could remotely like our bodies if we stayed the same weight or gained weight or didn't lose so much weight, blah blah blah, 
But the funny thing is, when you go through this process, what often happens is, and it's not about weight loss, I mean, you know me by now, or if you're brand new here, welcome, by the way, if you are constantly binging currently more than you are restricting, it is very likely you will lose weight during this process, this food and body freedom process. Very likely, and that's often what happens. However, if you are chronically restricting and only occasionally physically binging, you may gain much needed body weight during this process. You may gain some weight. If you are kind of like 50-50 restricting binging, and again, this doesn't really matter. It's not about the body size or the weight loss because at the moment you don't know what you don't know. And I teach you how to look at everything differently, fall in love with yourself, get rid of all the bullshit beliefs that you currently believe right now about body size. And I guarantee you will actually like your body, even if at the minute you'll be like, that is impossible unless I look a certain way. But this is the magic of this work. At the moment, you don't know what you don't know. And I I show you what you don't know. And then when you now know what you don't know, your whole life changes, if that makes any sense to you whatsoever. And some people stay the same weight during this work or a similar body size. So everyone is different. It depends on like where you're at. But I just wanted you to do a little exercise now. So think about this as I'm speaking and I really invite you to do this at another time or if you want to pause me, do it now. I want you to do a brainstorm on the word fat and I guarantee you'll write down words such as um, lazy, unhealthy, unfit, undesirable, unattractive, etc. And it's actually funny that not funny, haha, but ironic that a lot of the words I've just wrote down, which is what I used to think fat meant, it's all like unhealthy, unfit, undesirable, unattractive. It's lacking something. So no wonder we're all scared of being fat. If we think automatically being fat, I mean, what does that even mean? Let's be honest. We all have body fat. If we think that it's lazy, unhealthy, unfit, undesirable, etc., no wonder we're scared of it. So I want you to challenge those. Write down a brainstorm of what you think fat means. And I want you to challenge those. Is it really true that if you're considered fat, and like I just said, by the way, what does that even mean? When is the word fat appropriate to use? What imaginary line has someone got to cross in order to be classed as fat? Okay, anyway, where was I? Is it really true that if you're considered fat, then you're automatically lazy, unfit, undesirable or unattractive? Is that true? If you were born on a desert island with no media and no social conditioning, you wouldn't even know what the word fat and thin meant. Seriously, just think about that. As a reminder, by the way, truth is something that is true for all people all of the time, like gravity or the law of attraction, that's quantum physics. Anything else, no matter how true it feels for you or for me, is not the truth, it's simply a belief. And if you look at the word belief and how it's spelt, 
the word belief has the word lie within it. And that's from my soul sister, cosmic co-pilot, Rebecca Kiger. She's amazing. We did an episode together. Um, So I can't think what the episode's called. I'll link it in the show notes if you want to go and listen to that, um, the conversation I had with Rebecca. But the reason I'm sharing this with you is because you literally get to choose what you want to believe. If you choose to believe things that empower you to live your best life, full of freedom, liberation and bursting with self-love, then why wouldn't you? Just think about that for a moment. Okay, so when you overeat, and again, I'm using the words overeat in quotes because that's the language that you will most likely use often, but I don't think it's helpful language. Saying that you've overeaten, in quotes, indicates that there's, again, an imaginary line of some sort that isn't okay that you've crossed that. There's a negative judgment there and this causes guilt to creep in. But talking about weight set point theory and how your body likes to stay the same size, I'll use the word overeat in this context so that it makes sense for you. But in an ideal world, I would swap the word overeat to eat and pass physical and emotional satisfaction, okay? So we know what happens when we're constantly flittering between dieting and binging, as I've just explained about the biological changes that your body sends and drives you to eat because of all the physical restriction or thinking about going on a diet that's what happens but what happens then when we have taken the time to go through this work that I teach we've proven to our body that there is indeed enough food to eat and that it can trust you and your environment and your environment to be nourished including no mental restriction What happens when we're in that place and then we go and quote overeat like Christmas or just simply because you want to taste the food that you're eating and you're going to eat past fullness but you want to do that because that is completely fine. You're allowed to do that. Well what happens then is your body still wants to remain at its ideal set point weight so it will do everything in its power to do so such as increase your metabolism, send you signals to move your body more, like maybe you're more fidgety, you want to walk more, you're just moving around in general more. It will decrease your hunger hormones and it will raise your satiety hormones. That's how these people who have never dieted before and eat what they want stay the same size most of their whole lives. Because if these people are at their set point weight, their body doesn't want them to get bigger or smaller. The same goes for you too. I always use my sister as an example. And again, I did an episode with my sister right back at the beginning when I started this podcast. And the title is Inside the Mind of a Normal Eater. And she's never had food problems. She's never had disordered eating I have no idea how because we were brought up the same way but it just goes to show that everyone is so different and she has stayed literally the same size her whole entire life. She's had two babies so of course she didn't say the same size when she was pregnant because she was growing a baby two times but 
apart from the natural weight that you need to gain during pregnancy and the extra fat you have and all of the things, she just naturally went back down to the same size. And the same thing happened again when she was pregnant for the second time. She just naturally went back down to the same size as she's always been. That's because she's never dieted before. She's never chronically dieted. I think she's followed some random stuff when we were younger, but she's she didn't, first of all, she hasn't or never has put most of her self-worth in what she looks like, which is what I did for many years, which is what got me in this mess in the first place. Um, and second of all, she never saw food as good or bad. It was just food. So she just ate intuitively. She ate when she wanted to. She ate when she wasn't hungry sometimes because she wanted to taste it. And she just stopped when she had enough. There was no all or nothing. And she's always been the same size. So that's available for you because we were born that way. Baby, you were born that way. That's a completely wrong tune to the song that I want to sing. But you know what I mean? Anyway, it comes down to trusting your body to do whatever it wants to do. As I've said previously, your genetics is the biggest factor that determines what your set point weight is. And after that, your dieting history. If you've been dieting and binging in in brackets because that comes with it for many years, your set point weight may have risen due to your body wanting to protect you from the constant restriction and impending restriction, which is the thinking about dieting the last supper syndrome, like the eat it all now and I'll start tomorrow, whether you start tomorrow or not. Your body sees restriction as a famine, aka literally there is no food to eat and you might die. Now I know that many of you now most likely will be panicking because you're thinking that you've caused your set point weight to be higher than it was due to all of the dieting and binging that you've done. Don't panic. There is no point whatsoever in trying to figure out if your chronic dieting has caused your set point weight to rise. So take a deep breath. Okay, know that you're exactly where you're supposed to be in this messy and magical journey called life. And from this moment on, you can choose to work with your body and not against it. So I am going to get to the point on how, I mean, I've touched on it, of course, throughout this podcast already. I'm going to get to the how you can find your set point weight. But again, I just want to just go over some really important points first. And the next point I want to go over is, can your set point weight change? So I want to address this question, can your set point weight change? Apart from what I've previously discussed, that chronic dieting can possibly raise your set point weight, there are a few factors that can have an effect on your set point weight. So aging women, as women, as we age, our hormones change and that may cause our bodies to slowly take change over time. There's no point fighting this reality or wishing that it didn't happen It's all part of nature and it is supposed to happen. All we can do is accept and embrace any changes. Visit our body image and self-love toolbox daily, which is what I teach, especially in coaching, and continue to build and deepen our relationships with our bodies. Alongside everything I'm going to share with you in a moment, when I get into how to find your set point weight, 
So as we age, our bodies may change, but that's supposed to happen, especially as women. Weight training can change your set point weight slightly because if you develop a love for fitness and weight training, your natural set point weight can change slightly because you will build more muscle tissue because of your lifestyle. Muscle weighs heavier than the same volume of fat. And the other thing that can have an effect on your natural set point weight is your lifestyle and environment. So just consider comparing these two different environments and lifestyles. So you've got one person who is a 43-year-old mother of three who works in a chocolate factory. Oh my God, how amazing would that be? She loves to eat the free chocolate available at work and her only form of movement is to walk from her car to the factory where she works. Or you've got a 24-year-old single personal trainer who loves to exercise regularly and she lives with a health-conscious friend who does all the food shopping. So each environment and lifestyle is completely different, but each person is considerably different too. So this is what I want to cover in this part. The reason why, there is a reason why, sorry, one person is working in a chocolate factory and the other loves to exercise. It's who they have chosen to be in this lifetime and their upbringing, their genetics, their conditioning and life experiences will have had a huge effect on their life choices. So that's why you should never compare yourself to anyone else because you are you and they are them and you're not supposed to be them, you're supposed to be you. Okay, so you, as you read the following or listen to the following, as I'm going to share with you now, how to find your set point weight, this applies to everyone in any environment and any lifestyle. Okay, so here we go. How to find your set point weight. Most of you might not have a bloody clue what your set point weight is. As you may have been dieting from such a young age, you have never allowed your body to naturally settle without restricting or binging. And that's okay, because if you're serious about finding um, food freedom, feeling normal around food, actually liking your body, effortlessly maintaining your weight and loving yourself, then you're going to find out what your set point weight is by doing the inner work to get there. It's worth reminding you that your body doesn't want to go up and down. It doesn't want to yo-yo up and down. It wants to stay within its set point range. Studies show that being, quotes overweight, in quotes, again, because I disagree with the over point of that, but studies show that being overweight for your whole life is much healthier and better for you and your health and longevity than continually losing and gaining weight over the course of your lifetime. And there's one sentence that I'm going to share with you now that will practically sums up how to find and stay at your natural set point weight for life. And that is, your job is to take care of yourself and your body will be whatever it wants to be. (laughs) So I'm going to say that again. Your job is to take care of yourself and your body will be whatever it wants to be. So my next question to you is, and this is bonus points for journaling this out with pen and paper, by the way, what does it look like for you if you were to take care of yourself? 
What does that look like? For me, it's nourishing myself physically, emotionally and spiritually. And for everyone, without a doubt, it's connecting to the body, checking in with the body to see what it wants and what it needs. And you know what? Sometimes that will be cake. Sometimes that will be a movie night with a friend and a tub of ice cream. Sometimes that will be more sleep. Sometimes that will be a run or a workout or a big bowl of salad and soup instead of the cake. Your body will let you know what it needs in each moment and your job as the soul living inside your body is to listen to the feedback it is giving you. When your body gives you feedback, it's still up to you what you do with that feedback. There's no right or wrong. You get to choose. For example, my bell has just rumbled. I don't know if you heard that on um, this recording. I'm totally going to eat after I've recorded this. Um, So funny that my body just spoke up just then as I'm talking about listening to your body. So for example, your body might be telling you, hey, I'm hungry, which is what mine has literally just done. And you can either choose to listen and go and eat something or you can choose to ignore it and not to eat. The same goes for when your body is telling you, hey, I've had enough now, I'm good, I'm full. You get to decide whether or not you listen and stop eating or whether you choose to continue eating because you want to enjoy the taste longer. The choice is always yours. I'll give you um, a real life example. I wear a... If it's called a whoop, like as in whoop, as in W-H-O-O-P. It's like a fitness band. It's not like a, it doesn't count steps. It doesn't count calories, which is perfect. So I hate doing those things. And I used to get very obsessed when I did wear a Fitbit. And what this whoop tracks is it tra- tracks my sleep, my recovery, how hard I train because fitness is such a huge part of my life and I love it. And it just records all my like heart rate variation, resting heart rate, all of the things. And if I'm well recovered and how much sleep I need, etc. And it's so interesting to see because whenever I eat chocolate, because I eat what I want, want to want. And quite a lot of the time that is chocolate. So I like to watch a film, especially on a Friday night. That's my time. That's for me. And I like to have some chocolate and some ice cream or whatever it is I feel in the ta- in the moment and watch a movie. And it's so interesting to see that the next morning, my recovery is always in the red or the orange, which means either low recovery or middle recovery. Most of the time it's in green. And it's always in red or orange whenever I've eaten chocolate the night before, which is interesting because it raises my heart rate. Chocolate, of course, has caffeine in it. Um, a lot of the sugar will rate your body works hard to get processed the sugar and all those things and so it shows from a physical point that my body works harder and is recovered less if I eat chocolate the night before that doesn't mean I look at that and think oh my gosh I'm so bad and wrong for eating chocolate no I don't actually do anything different because I prefer to enjoy the chocolate than get a green recovery the next day. But what I'm sharing that for is because that's feedback. My body's giving me feedback in the form of data from this whoop band that it tracks everything. And that's my choice, what I do with that feedback. I can say, for example, if on a Saturday I want to do a hard workout or I'm doing a fitness competition or whatever, and I just want to feel well recovered, 
I will not have chocolate on the Friday night as a choice from a completely non-diet perspective because of the workout I want to do or the energy I want to feel the next day. So when you can live this way yourself, which is making choices based on how you feel in the moment with no judgment, no judgment, that's when you find and stay at your natural set point weight. That is when eating becomes easy breezy. When you trust your body and when your body trusts you that it's going to get enough consistent nourishment without any impending restrictions, it can relax and work optimally. Your metabolism will be fired up. Your digestion will be working optimally. I don't think I can say that word properly. Up optimally. Yeah. And when you get to this stage, you'll naturally be pulled toward nourishing yourself in ways that you once saw as diet behaviors, such as eating fruits and vegetables, wanting to move your body, not having any desire to eat past physical and emotional satisfaction. And that's when you look back with peace, gratitude and self-acknowledgement and think, wow, I'm so glad that I took that scary leap and invested my time, energy, and possibly money, if you want help and support personally with this, into this journey to find and live in food and body freedom. So I want to end this episode how I started by recapping the only way to feel normal around food and to find your body's natural set point weight is to do the inner work, which is exactly this. Give up dieting, give up weighing yourself and your food. Unlearn your conditioning of diet culture and how women's bodies are supposed to look. Release limiting beliefs and embody empowering ones that serve you. Practice intuitive eating. Explore new ways to comfort yourself alongside food. Expand your capacity to experience pleasure and abundance. Oh, there's a lot of layers to that one. Lots of body image work, lots of juicy self-love work and taking daily action as if you were already the free and self-loving version of you. When you fully devote yourself to this journey, your body will naturally find and stay at its set point weight. And for help with achieving this, reach out to me. There's a few different ways that we can work together and you totally deserve to invest in yourself with your time, your energy, your attention and your money. And this is so possible for you. You've got this. If you have any questions off the back of this episode, please reach out to me and ask them to me because the more I know what you need to hear, the more valuable my podcast will be because I'm going to be giving you what you need and what you want. So one last thing, I don't ask this very often and I know that a lot of podcasters ask this but there's a reason why they do. Please can you literally take 30 seconds to a minute to rate and review this podcast because it gets into the hands or into the ears should I say of more people that need to hear this So do everyone a favour, including me, and it's not just about me, it's to get and reach other people that need to hear this. Five star review and give me a lovely rating. I would be so, so, so grateful. 
I love you so much for listening. Thank you for making it all the way to the end and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. I would love to ask you a little favor that will literally take you probably one minute. Can you do that for me? (laughs) Okay. It is to rate and review this podcast. And the reason I'm asking you is because if you do this for me, it will enable me to reach more women so I can help them and spread the message around the world of self-love, food and body freedom, which is much needed. So again, thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, by the way, please screenshot it and tag me on social media on Instagram at Victoria Kleinsman and on Facebook, it's Victoria Kleinsman. Okay, have an amazing day. Sending you lots of love.